0: This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Hello and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast, where we provide a place of connection, rest, and encouragement for you who are on the journey of living out your passion and purpose in Jesus Christ, just like us. My name is Sister Miriam James, and I have my two friends with me. Unfortunately, we're not sitting on the same couch like we were last week. Uh Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger, you guys are back to your original homes. Uh, Michelle, what do you what's the weather like there? You're saying it's pretty treacherous. It is. We
1: have whatever it is, Tropical Storm Cindy or something.
0: Oh well, I'm not really a big fan
1: of Cindy right now. She is making us <laughs> rainy and tornado-y, and my uh phone keeps on going off like at 2 a.m. Like that beeping sound. Like uh tropical storm alert. Blood, uh, flash, flood warning, tornado warning, and oh as soon as you hear it, you know your heart starts beating really quickly, and then you can't go back to sleep. So, um, oh. yeah, I'm ready for Cindy to scoot on out of the Gulf Coast, and so, um, and <laughs> pray Cindy, for
2: Cindy, I know. No, poor Cindy. You get,
1: just... yeah, oh, and just praying for safety for everyone too from the storm. So that's where I'm at, and so. Heather, how's the West Pacific Northwest doing? Oh, woman? it's
2: awesome, as usual, but I miss you both. I gotta say, I'm already feeling a bit heartbroken that you both had to leave me. Um, our time together was so wonderful. I just absolutely loved every minute. Um, I'm so grateful for the times that we can see each other. I mean, we, we um, journey with each other at a distance all the time. So when we get to see each other's faces, oh, it's just the best. Good for my heart, so... Yeah, we're doing good up here. How about you, sister?
0: Amen. Doing good back in the back in the squelching hot out of South Texas heat. But uh, remembering with fondness our weekend, we had a great – it was really great. And I just do have to say, it, there's such a blessing of journeying with women um, who love you and whom you love. And so it's a great privilege. So it was awesome to be with you guys last week. Um, so we are going to – continue our podcast episode on the joy of the gospel uh in preparation for the usccb event coming up in july and just the this discussion and kind of reflection and praying into the joy of the gospel pope francis's apostolic exhortation so ladies we are on part three of five here and this chapter is titled the proclamation of the gospel which is the heart of all we do so in number 110 pope francis says this he says, there can be no true evangelization without the explicit proclamation of Jesus as Lord and without the primacy of the proclamation of Jesus Christ in all evangelizing work. That must be your absolute priority. So this is going to be the heart of what we talk about. So, Heather, when we talk about speaking in the name of Jesus Christ and proclaiming him as Lord, what is on your heart when you hear that as you kind of pray into that? What, do you, what would you have to say about that?
2: You know, it's something that's been coming up for me for a little while recently. I think I mentioned this in our last podcast, but it's just about coming under the Lordship of Christ. Like, there's something different about, you know, sometimes many of us are maybe walking with God, or Jesus is our friend, and... We have a relationship with him to some degree, but we really haven't come under the lordship of Christ, meaning that mm. what he wants matters more than what he, we want, that our trust mm. in him for what is good is greater than our trust in ourselves to figure that out. And I think that's where everything changes. When Jesus is our Lord, that is where radical change happens in our lives. So I think sometimes it's funny because we can all be in church ministry and, um, we can do a lot of good things, but sometimes that isn't what the heart of what we're proclaiming is that Jesus Christ is Lord. We can get caught up with programs or details or, you know, just getting people together. So I, gosh, I think it's such a good reminder for us and not something that we can hear enough, especially for those of us who have been, Uh, in the church our whole lives. This isn't something we need to gloss over.
1: Michelle, what do you think? Um, When I was reading this section of the document, um, it just became really simple to me. It is about Jesus, beginning and ends. And it is that um, it was just an overwhelming sense that he is just so personal. Like, um, he isn't this person that lived 2,000 years ago, but he is someone that wants us to encounter him personally today every day and every moment, Um, and that he wants to be just in a relationship with us. And when you have that encounter and you have that experience with him, you can't but help tell other people about him. You know, that. let me just tell you about this guy, Jesus, what he did, you know, like the woman at the well. Let me just tell you how Jesus has worked into my life today. Let Let me tell you about this man that looked me in the eye and saw who I was and told me everything I did. But man, he loves me. I mean, and he is crazy about me. I was listening to a song this morning um, from Bethel, which we love because we think their worship (laughs) is amazing. But anyway, um, but um, the worship leader just started about talking about Jesus and said, gosh, he's wild about you. And I just love that saying because he is wild about us and it is so personal. So let me tell others how wild he is about them, too you know because that's how good he is and that's how amazing he is and so i loved everything about this chapter like this is one of my favorite ones in the document you know just the whole idea of missionary discipleship and hearts burning and speaking um, the language of love because that what that is what evangelization is it's speaking a love language and it's the love language of the church about how Ooh. jesus how much jesus loves us and how he's crazy about us and shoot, he just wants to be in
0: relationship with us. And isn't that an amazing thing? You know, mm-hmm. so I love it, you know, what about you, sister? Amen. And yeah, and this is really under the first section of the chapter called the entire people of God proclaims the gospel. And I was thinking, you know, to an introvert, the idea of just like looking at somebody on the airplane and be like, have you accepted the Lord as your savior? I'm like, I'm dying. But so what does that really mean? You know, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I love this quote in number one twenty one because this is, this permeates and I know it permeates in your heart as well the both of you so in 121 pope francis says this he says in your heart you know that it is not the same to live without jesus what you have come to realize what has helped you to live and given you hope is what you also need to communicate to others and who of us that you are know, not like as as heather was saying you know that we've accepted that jesus christ is our lord that's really a mature faith I, father contalames says that really it's not until we accept the lordship of christ do we really grow in maturity of jesus christ it's like a fuller maturity i mean who of us who's not taken him as lord that is captivated by him would not be willing to share that with people because we know that what our lives would be like without him we know that he's the one that gives us hope that he gives meaning to our days that we know that suffering is not the end of the story that god will work for good everything that satan tries to destroy in us god will turn it around and work it for good and that's a captivating message i think that's what we all long for we long like we we talk about different movies that we love and we love the great adventure we love the, the the nobility the purpose the passion of it and that's really the gospel story that jesus loves us that he gave himself for us and that he's with us every day to enlighten us so when i think about that that's kind of what stirs in my heart and so he's speaking of this because he talks about this like organically among people but he also talks about and i think you and i we've all heard many talks and he talks about it he goes there to the homily and to preparing to preach um so how could we tactfully <laughs> discuss uh homiletics and preparing to preach how do you two when you prepare to speak to a other women or to speak to to uh, audiences, obviously we're priests, we don't give homilies, but how do you all, when you read this, what did you take kind of in your heart and also just areas for growth, would you say?
2: One of the things that I love about, there was one line in here that says, um, immediately after encountering the gaze of Jesus, they went forth to proclaim him joyfully. And mm. I love talking about the gays. I know you do too, sister. <laughs> this is like our language right here. But um, I think that that's where it has to start from. And whenever I'm preparing to speak to anybody about anything in, in the church, I always start there in just my own prayer before God, encountering Him personally. Um, sitting in the gaze of Jesus, you know, because that's, it's from the encounter, our own personal encounter that we preach to others. We can't preach about anything if we haven't personally encountered, you know, it becomes false. It's very, you know, it lacks um, integrity. Um, So I think we all have to be preaching from that place, whether you're a priest, whether, you know, you're a mom and you have a mom's group or whatever it is, when we evangelize, it can't just be about rules or, like, a better way of living. It has to be coming from an encounter with the gaze of Jesus, and that's where mm. it comes from. Mm. Oh, oh yeah.
1: For me, um, when I was thinking about just, okay, you have the homily, but then thinking about, okay, like, how we preach as women, what I loved is um, in 139, like, in this chapter about a mother's conversation, you know, Ooh. and he says, so, um, it reminds us of the church as a mother and that she preaches in the same way that a mother speaks to her child, knowing that the child, uh, that what no, she's girl. teaching yeah. is for his or her benefit for children to know that they are loved, you know, and it just reminded me of our time this past weekend. And um, we were Heather and uh, Sister Mary and I were at events, a small event, um, called greenhouse something that I kind of helped developed but there was a powerful time in the weekend when um I started a session where I spoke over who I saw that the women were you know like and calling out their true identity like who I saw there were and just watching each and every one of those women like the continents changing you know like um for sister Mary I'm about to get a little personal for you sister um All right. you know just that you are a voice to the voiceless you know that you put women's words. Um, especially women that have had a story in their past that you are that voice for them, you know, that you bring language to them, but in such a tender heart anointed way that you do that, that moves and shifts hearts. You know, Mm -hmm. there is something about a mother's language that we have to um, develop as women um, I guess it's also because I'm reading a lot of Edith Stein right now and like I totally drank the Edith Stein Kool-Aid right now, like everything she writes. And, you know, I've read her before and studied her before, but it's interesting when you read a writer in a different season of your life and you're like, everything stands out. Like, can I just highlight every single word that she says? But um, when Edith Stein talks about our St. Teresa Benedicta talks about that mothers bring forth humanity to their fullness, I'm like, yes. Like, that is something that I want to do. I want to call forth the best of people. I want to call forth their humanity. I want to call forth their giftedness. But I want them to know to the depths of who they are that they're loved and that they belong to this church and to this family that we call church, you know. And I want to make this church a place of feel like a family and a safe place and a feel like a belonging, you know. And then on the flip side, you know, like in um, 142 – Words that set hearts on fire, you know? So like, I want like the both attention. I want that motherly, tenderly love belonging. And then I want to set your butt on fire too, to move and to (laughs) to play (laughs) possible and to do that. Can I have both? You do very
0: well, Michelle. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, like I just want to stir people's hearts on fire, you know, because they've encountered the Holy Spirit and to move and to grow and to get, be passionate, you know? Um, Yeah. So what about you, sister?
0: Well, I thought maybe I would love to talk about this reality of a mother's conversation a little bit more, I, because when I, I was so struck by that part of the chapter, and I was thinking there's such a difference between as a mother talking to her child, really engaging the child and knowing how the child speaks, speaking their language and speaking the truth to them and speaking it with kindness and charity and fire, and then there's such a difference between doing that and then speaking at people. Yes. And I think we've all heard talks where you feel like you're being taught, you're being talked at or you're being talked down to and how and how intrinsically that's off putting to us. And we feel when people condescend to to us, it's like we instinctively don't like it because we're all people that want to be respected and loved and esteemed and called to excellence. And so I would just love to just as women, you know, can we talk a little bit more about that? A mother's conversation? How have you even speaking to people or speaking to your own kids? How does that reveal in your heart? Or how do you see that happening in your day to day life? Heather, what would you say? Uh,
2: you know, I, I have a great mom. I'm really blessed in that way. And I think it's fair to acknowledge that some people don't have a good model of what this is. So, in some ways, <clears throat> you know, we need our idea of what a mother is to be healed. And Amen, that's and a great to, point. We Thank need you to allow that. God to heal some of those areas. So, it may not be your experience of a mother, but I think all of us know what a good mother is. So, that's sort of the ears we need to hear this with. Um, That this is a good mother. And I know for my own children, you know, as I, my heart for them is even in correction is because I love them. So even if I'm correcting them about something, it's because I want them to be the best version of themselves. I know who they are. Like, even when they make mistakes, I'm like, this is not who you are, you know, let's get back to who you really are. And the encouragement, the lighting, the fire, you know, I was all of a sudden, Michelle, when you were talking, I just thought of like a mom on the sidelines of a game, you know, just screaming (laughs) her head off, like encouraging, like, (laughs) you know, just like, you can do it like all the pep talks all the things and so I think um, allowing that to be a good analogy for us like the heart of a mother is big and wide, but it's full of love and tenderness. And, mm. and that should influence the way that we speak to others about the Lord, about what it means to live as a Catholic. And I think especially when we're talking about dealing with people's sin and their brokenness and the ways that they're not living to their full potential. And this, this obviously looks really messy, you know, a lot of times. So how do we bring that to those situations instead of becoming frustrated or come on, get your act together. Like this isn't how you should be living, but to really come first with love. And that's the challenge. If love isn't first in our hearts, when we, when we are encountering someone, then we probably shouldn't speak. If we're not speaking oh. from, from this mother's oh. heart, we probably shouldn't speak. And I, I know that so many people have said things like, well, I got to speak the truth, you know, as if that is the priority. The priority is love. And love has to is is where the truth needs to come. That's sort of like the vehicle that truth needs to be delivered in, is with love. So we aren't just called to speak the truth. It's better that you be silent if you're going to speak it without a heart of love. Um, get your heart in order, and then you can speak the truth, mm-hmm. mm, which then
0: people can receive. I mean, yeah, people can receive that. Even though if it's spoken in love, I can receive that. It might be painful. But if it's it's like St. Paul, if you, if you don't have love, you're just a resounding gong. And we just will turn away from that. Well, it's like, don't tell me what to do versus I love you and I care for you. So I'm going to say this to you, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Michelle. And I love
1: later on in that part, I think it's 140. Um, Pope Francis talks about the warmth of his tone of the tone of voice, mm. the, the unpretentiousness of the manner of speaking, the joy of the gesture And I was trying to think, I was like, wow, the tone of voice, you know, like, and he talks about the tone of voice being close. And to you, like, okay, if you ask my kids, they'll tell you what kind of mood I am by the tone of voice. Um, (laughs) that It, it was just really funny. Um, you know, I was out of town this past weekend and then I switched and then Chris went out of town. My husband went out of town, right? I got back. And so I was asking Sam, my 11 year old, I was like, okay, so who is it? I was like, is it different when mom's out of town? Dad's like, what's easier or whatever? And he goes, well, dad's kind of like a drill sergeant when you're out of town. He makes us do work projects, but then he plays a lot, too.
2: You know, That sounds He's exactly like, like our house.
1: <laughs> yeah, He's like, we do a lot of work projects. He's like, when you're out, when dad's out of town, we have better food because you let us order out. But he goes. <laughs> I don't always know if you're going to be emotionally stable when you're out of town because <gasps> town up and down. What oh kind gosh. of? Mixture? I'm like, wow, Sam, thanks a lot. So I'm like, are you saying I'm emotionally stable? And he's like, well, how are you going to react to that if I do say that? And I was just dying laughing. I'm like, okay, that's true. You know, because I think for me, it's, it was such a gut check. I mean, we were dying laughing about it and it was fun to talk about. But I'm thinking, okay, like what? Sometimes I think, all right, do my kids know what tone they're going to get out of me? You know, and isn't that how we feel about the Catholic church sometimes too? Like, do you uh, know what tone they're going to get out of me? I mean, I could be the emotional, stable, loving speaking life. Or I'd be like, get your butt in the car, you know, and <laughs> like you need to be doing this. Like, it depends on my mood and, um, you know, and the amount of coffee I've had usually in grace. But, um, like, isn't that us, you know, and that I like, I really need a gut check myself, you know, like, um, what is my tone? What is my closeness? What is my gesture? And that needs to feed over to the church too. Like, what is her tone? What is her gesture? Does she feel close? Do you feel warm and embraced? And I mean, for most of us, we would have to say the church doesn't feel emotionally stable to us. We don't know what we're going to get depending on what church we go to or what priest we get or anything like that. And so yeah, those are my thoughts on that.
2: sister. And, and I think it's yeah. good to um, also distinguish that this is the heart of the church. Like what the Holy Father is revealing is this is really the heart of the church. Sometimes our experiences like you said Michelle don't line up with that and and that is the brokenness of human beings. That is not the church. You know, so I remember being a kid going to confession and a priest like yelled at me for like <laughs> not coming often enough. He's like, "You know, what are you doing?" And I thought, "You know what? That's not the voice of Jesus. Like that's um, That's a broken person, you know, It's and I say that because I think some of us, we can have these experiences, and they really do wound us, but that is not yeah. the tone of voice of God. That is not the tone or the heart of the church, and um, and those are things that we need to allow Jesus to come and heal, because he is safe. His voice is kind and tender. You know, he's not yelling at us to get our crap together. Um, but often those wounds are very deep. So I think it's it's good for us to acknowledge that. We have to bring that before God to allow to allow him to heal even our interpretation of like what his voice sounds like when we read scripture. What is the voice that we give to God? You know, all of these questions are actually very deep and I think we need to take some time to think about that.
0: Well, I'm so glad that you both said that, what you had to say, because it's both very honest and very true. And I was very struck by later on in the same chapter, Pope Francis, when he's speaking about homiletics and preparing to preach, and he's talking to a priest, And he says, um, the priest, like every other member of the church, ought to grow an awareness that he himself is continually in need of being evangelized. And that's the road that you and I are all on is all of us need to continue to grow to be evangelized, to be captivated by the love of God, to allow our hearts to be massaged into a a human, abundantly alive heart. And that's that is, and that's the process of holiness really. That's the growth of the of the disciple of Mm Allowing Christ's life to conform my life to His and allow Him to continue to evangelize me. It's never done, you know?
2: Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, right at the beginning of this chapter, it says this is a direct quote All the baptized, whatever their position in the church or level of instruction in the faith, are agents of evangelization. And it would be insufficient to envisage a plan of evangelization to be carried out professionals. Carried out by professionals while the rest of the faithful would simply be passive recipients. I think we need to remember that. It's not just up to the priest to be the one um, preaching the gospel and being evangelized. All of us who are baptized people are called to be evangelists and agents of evangelization, not passive recipients. That's really, really important.
0: Yes, and very true. And later on in, the, in that, yeah, the chapter, he talks about the way of beauty, right, and of how we proclaim the gospel and, and how beauty is a means of touching the human heart. And, um, you know, he, said, he quotes St. Augustine who says, we, we love only that which is beautiful. And so how is the Jesus Christ, you know, baptized, you know, in, in his, into the family of God? You know, where is he calling you and I and the church to embark on that way of beauty and, and reveal the beauty of this life with him, this intimate life with Christ, it's mm, great. Yeah. 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 Oh. So, that was, um, that was my favorite ahead, line
1: just... it, That's one of my favorite parts. It's in 167, where he's talking about, you know, um every expression of true beauty can thus be acknowledged as a path leading to an encounter with the Lord Jesus. You know. Amen. I underlined that one.
0: I was like, woo, that's a good, that's a uh,
1: Yes. I love that. And then he goes on language, and he's talk he's talking about transmitting the faith in a new language of parables. And I love that, too, because he's calling forth, like, the storytellers. And, you know, and it talks about, like, it's important that we— tell the stories, tell our stories and be good witnesses. It goes in there to say, you know, good catechesis listens more to witnesses than it does teachers that we need to tell our stories and tell how we encounter God and tell how he's personal and tell how he's wild for us and do all of this. But, um, like I love that new language of parables. Like, I mean, it's like this, come on storytellers, come on out, like tell your stories. Um, you know, it's totally time for once upon a time to come about, you know, um, (laughs) and this is the time. So yeah, it was, it was just great. You know, that whole section is just great. So read it, you know? Um,
2: (laughs) Yeah. And just a reminder that people can, can find this online for free. Evangelium, Evangelii Gaudium, or the joy of the gospel by Pope Francis. You can find it on the Vatican website for free, or you can order a copy of it from Amazon or go to your local Catholic bookstore. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Chapter three, certainly. I mean, It's all great, but I don't yeah, it's it's, I can tell it's set our heart on fire (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's so much to it. We only Mm -hmm. scratch the surface on it. Like, I mean, you could, it talks about making the word personal. It talks about catechesis. It talks about, I mean, there's beauty. I mean, you name it. There's so much in this chapter to dive into. Yeah, so we're like barely scratching the surface in half an hour. So, yeah, I would just say like you could meditate on this chapter and be part of your prayer time for months, you know, just this chapter alone. And so it's some good stuff there, Mm -hmm. you know, written.
2: Yeah, Yeah, and I think it's important to just mention that at the end, he talks about the art of listening. And I think, as you know, we're focusing on the proclamation, but there is something to be said about the art of listening. We do have to practice listening with one another, Um, not just hearing, but listening and with an open heart so that encounter with with Jesus can occur.
0: Yeah, amen. Well said, my dear friend, well said. Well, I, there's a million things you and I, we could say about this, but we have to move into our one thing for the week, ladies. So if you're thinking about a one thing, Michelle, would you like to tell us what your one thing is? Um,
1: my one thing right now is um, I am reading um, the works of Edith Stein and her letters to women um, among the hundred other things I'm reading right now, but that's <laughs> one that, that is standing out to me and like i just said gosh i love her you know and so um you know i just came out last night i was reading it and i told chris i was like oh my gosh do you know that her and john paul ii had a friend in common like they were somewhat contemporaries she's a little bit older but they were somewhat contemporaries and my, chris just said no i didn't know that honey okay go back to reading but anyway like <laughs> it's just blowing my mind you know it's really exciting so that is my one thing the works of be Stein. what about you heather
2: Uh, My one thing this week is just a song that I've been listening to for a couple of years now, a few years, maybe three, um, called It Is Well by Christine DeMarco Um, through Bethel Music. You know, you can watch a video of it on YouTube, which is just stunning from their women's conference. Um, But I need this song right now. You know, we go through different seasons. And I'm in just a place where there's some struggles going on. And this is just a good anchor for me. You know, I need to fill my heart with the truth that, that at the end of the day, God is good and it is well. And <laughs> He reigns, He is the Lord. He will take care of all things that, that we give to Him. So the song is just beautiful. It's very moving. Um, I encourage people mm. to check it out on YouTube. It is well by Christine DeMarco. Sister, mm. what is your one thing?
0: My one thing is Wonder Woman. Woo! Oh, my gosh. I, oh, I, I saw that this week, and I just I can't wait to talk about this. I loved it. I loved so many things about it. But I, to summarize, I know I don't have a half an hour talking about Wonder Woman, but I really, after watching, I mean, I'm 40, and I, I don't know about you guys, but I wanted to be Wonder Woman when I grew up. Like, you grew up watching the Linda Carter after school. And, and when I was watching the movie this time, just seeing her, I realized that, you know, why I think why she stirs a chord in all women or many women is because all of us want to be strong and brave and courageous and noble and beautiful in the battle of good over evil. Uh, I loved how she was unapologetically strong and wise. Her heart was broken for the people that were suffering. And it was just such a great – I mean I saw so many examples of our our lady of how our lady battles against evil and she chooses love out of her deepest suffering she still chooses love and that's at the heart of the story is that love is greater than evil and that's what really ultimately saves the world not a hero but love and so if you haven't seen it I mean there are a couple scenes and they're just I mean I wouldn't take your little girls to see it but uh I I just absolutely loved loved it and I I think I'm gonna go see it again (laughs) Wonder Woman is my one thing
2: that's awesome I can't wait to see it as well I love her yeah Maybe we should all have right. a podcast on Wonder Woman. Maybe no, you really need great, half so. an hour to talk about her. I was Good. getting inspired already. I,
0: yeah. Yeah, okay. There, I think we should. I think after y'all see it, we should definitely have a podcast on. We'll all put on our Wonder Woman t-shirts, and we will have a podcast on Wonder Woman. Yeah, but how's that going to work over your habits, sister? But yeah, okay.
1: Great. I don't know. We'll, we'll
0: work it out. I, know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you guys. Awesome. Well, thank you so much much for joining us this week on our third part of our five-part series on the joy of the gospel please come back next week talk chapter four the social dimension of evangelization if you enjoyed this episode would you please share it with a friend leave us a review leave us some comments we love to hear from you we pray for you we just love to hear your journey with us as well you can like us on itunes you can uh, subscribe to us at abidingtogetherpodcast.com and until we see you again next week god bless you have a wonderful week